driving it home. With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. So what have you guys been doing? With What's your day been like? Lady B holding down the fort here with so much going on at our mayoral forum at Morningstar Auditorium. I want to thank everyone who was a part of it, in particular, all of our people behind the scenes that made that really a huge success. So thank you to Lady B, everyone on site uh, today. It was incredible. And uh, and to be alongside uh, Santita Jackson and the heavy lifting that Jonas Esposito really Really, for two for two and a half. I mean, we went. We started the mayoral forum uh, shortly after what twelve, like around twelve fifteen, and uh, and then we went until almost three twenty. So Joan was on that stage the entire time for three hours. Uh, Santita, who is magnificent, uh, it was a pleasure to share the podium with her and uh, and take turns. Uh, if you were listening and uh, there was a little bit of a, uh, I, I maybe uh, had overhydrated this morning. Uh, I had uh, two cups of coffee. Uh, a lot of water, and then uh, maybe a diet soda. And as they were doing the first segment, I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta run to the ladies' room. And uh, I tried, I ran, it was funny because I ran past the mayor. I ran past Mayor Lightfoot, and she goes, are we going to hear from you? And I was like, just a minute. Uh, and I was like running. And uh, it almost seemed as though maybe you wouldn't because uh, the segment started again. Uh, I, I, I don't I don't I don't want to get into too much information, but one, the ladies room was, in fact, farther than the men's room. And two, I was like, am I having a Tom Hanks from A League of Their Own situation here? If you've seen the movie, I was like, is it? This is yeah. So the segment started while I was uh, still in the lady ladies' room, and then I was sort of off script. And um, Joan, really so gracious uh, as I was uh, trying to get my wits about me. But I I was talking to some folks about the forum and uh, and what their thoughts were, and they were really. I, I, I first of all, some several of the candidates said it was one of the best uh, forums that they've had the pleasure of being a part of. So I'm grateful for that. I thought it was really well done. I know that there was some discussion about having to have two two groups of candidates, two panels. There were technical things involved in that, uh, you know, and I've hosted one. I've moderated a forum that had 11 candidates. And I do think that this was a, a stronger, more focused way to do this. This was a great plan. So congratulations to everyone who put this together. I, uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts are. What uh, what did you think about the candidates? I know that uh, Tori was doing an amazing job of holding down the fort here as well. And uh, I know I talked to a few people. One person told me that they, they thought that, that they they were they were surprised by how much they liked Mayor Lightfoot's uh, performance today. That uh, she seemed focused and uh, and driven. So I, I was, you know, I think that um, there was there was some uh, there were some uh, sparring. There was a little bit of sparring on stage. I think that it was was it Greg Pratt that said it was like one of the most contentious uh, ones that he's been to. <laughs> I don't have. If you go to Twitter, you can follow Greg Pratt. We uh, alluded to some of the writing that he does in regards to the mayor's office, but. Whew, it was a, it was a wild ride today to be on stage with everybody, and there does come a moment where you're 
managing a lot of different personalities. People want to jump in and talk over somebody. And uh, we had a couple moments of that uh, where folks wanted to. We, we Joan laid out the rules. If you are named in the uh, comments of the candidate, if they call you out directly, you can rebut. Uh, there is no rebuttal to the rebuttal which became a thing as well. Um, but there was a moment where the candidates were asked, who would you who would you vote for? And, uh, you know, and, and look, uh, 15 seconds for an answer. Who would you vote for if, if you don't vote for yourself? And uh, I think it was Paul Vallis who said, uh, I know who I'm not voting for, and it's Lori Lightfoot. And I felt that because, oh, excuse me, apparently, again, I've got to turn my, I turned my phone off earlier. Why won't this stop ringing? Ah, I got it. Um, he he called her out specifically in his in the lightning round, and I know Joe was going to move on, but I was like, "No, I'm kind of I'm kind of with the mayor on this one." If you're going to say directly, I mean, you know, he didn't say he wasn't going to vote for anybody else on the stage except for her, so I thought that it required uh, a, at least a bit of a reply. Um, I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, I I was thinking about it while we were on stage and uh, some of the issues that people have. With the mayor, and and, uh, and I certainly have voiced concerns about how she works with uh, people, whether it's in City Hall or in the media, some of the emails that we've seen. Uh, someone brought up a really good point, though, recently, in that her plans for the city, it's hard to necessarily uh, call attention to everything and, and not take into account the fact that she, her administration, her term was interrupted by, by COVID-19. Uh, however, there are things that she has argued back on, which she had promised during her campaigning. So it's a lot. It's a, it was a lot to take in today. Um, I, 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 what are your thoughts? I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to go too much into who I, I was, I, I felt, uh, you know, it, not impressed by, but I was like, oh, that was a good answer. That kind of thing. 773-763-9278 is a number to call and join our conversation. Again, that number to call or text is 773-763-9278. And uh, follow, uh, the follow-up to today's forum for me is I will be hosting a town hall on Monday for with Better Streets Chicago, Access Living. Uh, it is a, an event to highlight Plow the Sidewalks and an initiative to uh, to bring legislation to City Hall in order to uh, um, make our sidewalks a safer place for pedestrians, for people with disabilities, uh, for people to get around the city. We are certainly a car-focused city. Uh, I mean, we are car, a car-focused society, car-brained. And, and someone told me the other day, they're like, yeah, I mean, I like the idea of plowing the sidewalks, but we should plow the streets first. And again, but but that prioritizes uh, our cars. And and yes, our uh, businesses uh, being able to move goods relies on having clear streets. A lot of people want to have the alleys plowed as well. People often can't get out of their garages because there's uh, so much snow. Although that's kind of an if you plow the the alleys, you're going to have a mountain of snow right in front of your garage because that's where the, I mean some of the snow goes forward but you know a lot of the snow, snow goes to the sides so uh, taking a look at your want taking a look at your text by the way uh, want to thank our sponsor for the text screen Camp Kubagani a child's summer of empowerment challenge and fun go to multicultural 
Camp.com. And uh, let me see. This is uh, from the 331. Uh, to Patty, you were great at the forum. Can't believe you're on the air right now. I've, I'm not the Energizer Bunny. I just uh, I didn't plan well. <laughs> I think I think they offered. They were like, do you, are you sure you want to go on? I did because I wanted to talk about the forum. I also knew I needed the time to talk to our friends from Better Street Chicago and Access Living. We also have a an urban cyclist expert coming on at 630 to talk about that. Um, but uh, just wanted to let you know that someone, Lady B maybe, played your Phil Collins song from yesterday in the air this morning, leading into Stephanie's show this morning. I envisioned you in your car and will from now on when I hear that song. Uh, great forum. Kudos to Joan and Santita. Well, we love you right back. And yes, I was talking yesterday. I asked someone, what's the song you remember, uh, you know, with the windows rolled down, put your hand out the window, just ride in the airwaves, and you just felt like you were on top of the world. Like, it was just it's never going to get better than this. And I remember being 16 years old, driving around way past my curfew, uh, coming home from a friend's house and uh, just driving through the Forest Preserve on Devon, uh, heading up towards Nagel and uh, and Milwaukee Avenue. And just that song, just it was it was great. It felt really and I, it's been what now more than uh, 35 years later. So uh, I still remember that. What's your song, too? We can make that. We can put some light stuff out there. Seven, seven, three, seven, six, three, nine, two, seven, eight to call or text. Uh, what's your what was what's a, a, a song that's attached to just a memory of feeling on top of the world? Seven, seven, three, seven, six, three, nine, two, seven, eight. Another texture says, great job with Joan and Santita on the forum. I thought there was good energy from the, the second tier candidates, unlike the sniping of the top folks. Uh, Lightfoot was at least focused on the questions and Vallis just spouted talking points and Wilson seemed unfocused. So that's from our texter from the 773. What are your thoughts? What, what, were your, what was your takeaway from what the, the candidates uh, had to say today? Uh, it's another text coming. Um, hey, Patty, one minor issue here, but have any of the candidates mentioned anything about possibly restoring the Chicago Public Library hours to what they were before they were cut by ROM? No, but I am planning to have as many candidates as possible. Uh, I, uh, I Lady B, someone said that they were, no, we're not going to have them, not that person either. Uh, someone from one of the campaigns said they would reach out to you about uh, being on the show. Uh, it's funny when you're in front of somebody and I'm like, my producer's been trying to get a hold of you to be on the show. And they're like, oh, I'd love to be on your show. So we would like to have as many candidates as possible. I'm going to take a quick break and get your calls when we come back. I want to thank our sponsors for making this conversation possible from Anaqua Brewing, the progressive beer. You can go to the Patty Vasquez show page right there pinned at the top. You'll see all the locations in the Chicagoland area. Area where you can pick up a progressive beer. Thank our friends at Kids Above All, an organization whose mission is to help children protect children and, and support them in reaching their potential in life, a lot of whom have uh, survived trauma, uh, instability, and uh, really need, need to feel respected and safe. And we, you can go to kidsaboveall.org to find out how you can help. And our friend Roy, Warren Price from European U.S. Car service. That's European and U.S. car service at 4080 North Broadway. You can go to europeanus.com and uh, keep this number handy. If you're ever in a fender bender, uh, put this somewhere in your car seven, or put it, just put it in your phone. Patty's car guy, or you put uh, European U.S., whatever, you, whatever works for you. 773-248-1200. And, uh, and Warren will make sure that you have what you need. Let's take a break here. Take your calls when we come back. Again, 773-763-9278. Tonight on Democracy Now! To the skill of the Ukrainian forces. 
is under a nationwide air raid alert as Russia launches dozens of missile and drone strikes a day after the United States and Germany announced they'll send tanks to Ukraine in a major policy reversal. We'll speak to the investigative editor of the independent Russian news outlet Medusa. All those stories and more tonight at 11 on WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. In just a moment, we're going to talk to our friends from Access Living and Better Street Chicago about their for, their town hall coming up on Monday plow the sidewalks. Uh, I'll be hosting that and we'll have we'll also have Alderman Gilbert Villegas there. Before we get to the, our conversation uh, talking about that town hall, I want to take your phone calls. Jim, what's uh, what what's uh, what are your thoughts on the mayoral forum today? I think the radio program should take the show on the road. The three of you were terrific. Oh, thank you. Had, you. But, but listen, seriously, you had a pizzazz it dragged out the Democrat and these uh, candidates, and their fans for Chicago. And uh, I mean, it was completely different than the ones on TV because it's almost like a deadpan thing, and you know, it goes through a series of questions. But hey, the, the show with you, John and Santini, were terrific. Uh, and uh, the show's got to go on the road. You, you've got to be looked up for any debate. Uh, well, then, let's go into the, what, we got Indiana? What are you surrounded by here? Missouri? <laughs> Wisconsin. You know, you know I mean? some, somebody asked me if I would throw in a few jokes, and when I did the forum for the 38th Ward Dems in 2018, I did because it was just me, and I wasn't on stage with uh, with a historically incredible, iconic broadcasters like Santita Jackson and Jonas Bezito, so I wasn't going to cheapen it with my silliness. Uh, so I, I only threw one out there because I did miss the break, because I, I had to run to the ladies' room, but that was a. Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, well, it's not like you're, you you missed one cue that I or not a cue, whatever you want to say. Yes, yeah, anyway, you guys were you guys were terrific, and I'm thinking if they think we listen to it in Missouri or wherever, if they're having a debate, you the three you should show up and be paid a pretty good buck. You guys have a good night, Patty. Thanks, dear. appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you, thank you. It was an honor to be a part of it. Hey, Steve from the Gold Coast, what's on your mind? Yes, uh, I too wanted to compliment you on uh, the execution of, of the forum, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys managed to be inclusive in terms of getting the, all the candidates there, while at the same time recognizing that there are front runners in, in terms of you know segregating uh, out the, the the people who are going to be on stage at a given time. So, you know, I, I, I'm for as many voices as possible being heard. While at the same time, you know, we're a little over a month out. You know, it's, it's time to start. You know, actually being able to focus on the people who are likely to win this and move on to, to a runoff. So, yeah, I think you guys did a good job of accommodating both of those realities. I agree, um, and I know there was some frustration from some candidates, uh, you know, with with the way it was set up, and I appreciate that, I, and I agree, though, that at this point, we, you know, we had to find a way, and, and for technical reasons, we couldn't have all nine candidates on stage at the same time, but I also think that, you know, the amount of time it takes to get back to a candidate, you want to keep it lively, and this was a way to keep everyone engaged, I think. And, and on this note, I mean, let's recognize that, you know, after the first round, I mean, you know, the people who've got 
single digits, you know, mid high level single digits who don't win, you know, the people who actually end up in the runoff are going to need to go to those people and say, look, I mean, who can you bring to the table? So that's where deals get made. Right. So yes, the, you know, those voices need to get heard, but that's the kind of thing that's inside politics stuff. You know, people don't realize that, but yeah, you know, who, who can you bring to the table, you know, with your voice and your backing and so forth so that one can win this down the road. And then, you know, you might end up with a position somewhere running some program or whatnot. And that's the way politics works. Right. What did you think? You know, it was interesting. Uh, and uh, Representative Cam Buckner, when he talked about registering uh, kids for programs, was it Cam Buckner or was it uh, Brandon Johnson? I don't want to get this mixed up because they were talking about it had to be it might have been. um they were just talking about the different programs that need to be available to kids in their communities and after school programs and things like that. But uh, no, I thought I think that it was a I think that it was a really strong uh, program. I think that uh, I, I was fascinated by the answers. Uh, did you have any favorites? Anything stuck out for yeah. you? Uh, I mean, I, there were things that stuck out for me that I, I thought you know weren't terribly substantive. I mean, you, I'm not going to go into names, uh, but you know, there, there was a candidate that suggested that. Um, yes, being a community organizer and having been poor and a number of other things somehow makes you qualified to be mayor of the third largest city in, in the country. By that criteria, there are about 20,000 candidates in the city who are qualified to run for mayor. I mean, I'm sorry, but, uh, but there's a reason why that might explain his position with regard to polling. Um, uh, but beyond that, I think that, you know, you really, you're really down to the mayor, Chewy, and Paul Dallas at this point. Uh, and there's a poll that was just released today. Apparently, uh, Lori Lightfoot and Paul Dallas are at a dead heat in, in terms of the poll. There's a lot of people who are undecided. Um, right. But, you know, in terms of money, in terms of, you know, uh, the organizations that they have to, to get the vote out and these sorts of things, those three are at the top. I mean, Willie Wilson has a lot of money, but he's self-funding. And the polling just it doesn't reflect what he spent on to get elected. He keeps running for everything under the sun, but and I'm going to need I'm going to need the people working in his campaign to stop dropping lawn signs on every parkway and empty space and fence that they see everywhere. It's uh, I, I'm tempted. I walk a lot in the neighborhood, and I'm so tempted to just rip them out because if they're on um, public property uh, on a parkway, it's garbage. Uh, but I also don't want to have yeah. anyone, anyone see me on video. I'm going to be on a ring camera, you know, d- d- desecrating the signs of Willie Wilson in my neighborhood. Neighborhood, but yeah, <laughs> just, it's a little- yeah, and, and and with all due respect to Willie, who's done some good things, you know, uh, I I don't want to sound like an intellectual snob here, but you know, an honorary doctorate does not mean you run around calling yourself doctor. Uh, that's why Oprah Winfrey did not call herself Doctor Winfrey, and you know, so when he does that, it gets under my skin a little bit. You know, it takes a lot of years of dedication and hard work to actually earn those credentials, and you know, they, they're meant to represent something. And just because somebody gave you an honorary one, does not mean you run around and calling yourself that. But you know, that's just a little tidbit on my part. So. Right. Yeah. I I, uh, I think a lot of people agree with you on that, Steve. Thanks so much for calling. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm excited about an event that's coming up. I have another forum, and this time I'm taking the night off because I'm, I'm not going to be here. I will be at Access Living with our friends from Better Street Chicago and from, from Access Living. Uh, I'm excited to have in studio with me. Uh, we're going to talk about this for the next hour. Um, plow the streets, uh, plow the sidewalks. We we kind of plow the streets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I know that a lot of folks, uh, you know, have been telling me that they're not sure that we need to be plowing the sidewalks if we can't plow the um, the the, si- the streets and the alleys yet. Joining me in the studio, uh, Lucas, remind me your last name. 
Kyle Lucas. I'm sorry, Kyle Lucas. See, that's why. I did it last time, too. Kyle <laughs> Lucas joins me from Better Street Chicago. I've uh, been kind of stalking him on Twitter for, for quite a while, and, uh, and he's been very nice about it. Actually, the first time I ever stalked him, he, was, uh, he tweeted out about how people who order food late at night, like maybe they don't need to eat anymore or something. And I'm like, I'm in the hospital. I can't. My son, I'm sleeping. He's like, I'm sorry. I would bring you some milk. I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I'm just saying like some of us are out here. I did. I didn't. I think I was just upset because people weren't tipping that night. That was all it was. Oh man! (laughs) So do you know ahead of time if they're tipping or not? Because I've noticed like sometimes like it it seems it depends. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes yes. Sometimes no. Well, I would. I just. How do you? I mean, I don't know how you don't tip at least at least fifteen percent, if not more. And and you're a cyclist delivery guy, right? You ride, you ride your bike to deliver Yeah, food. I currently add to that. Yeah, if folks could just, please, uh, if you could just take care of your, your crew that brings you your food. Uh, look, they're just, everyone's just doing their best they can. So that's Kyle Lucas from uh, from Better Streets, Chicago. And we have in studio with us as well, Laura Saltzman from Access Living. Uh, right? Yeah. Did I get that one right? Yeah. Uh, policy advisor for transportation? Yes, a transportation policy analyst for Access Living. Excellent. So tell folks who may come a little bit closer to your microphone. Sorry. Tell folks, no, this is your first time in my <laughs> studio. You, there's no apologies. You're doing great. It's great to have you. Uh, tell folks a little bit about Access Living first. So Access Living, we are Chicago's Center for Independent Living. Um, we are also a disability rights organization. So we have a whole advocacy arm. Um, and specifically, I focus on transportation, but... Um, you know, we have a team like focused on education and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the founder of Access Living was actually one of the people who wrote the ADA. Oh, so, yes. holy cow! Yeah. So, um, yeah. So yeah. we try and just protect people's rights, push, you know, make sure that the city and the country are more and more accessible. Sure. And we have a pretty holistic view of disability, so we try and focus on all kinds of disability. I noticed that. Did you notice that at the mayor's forum uh, last month? Was it last month? Or it was earlier this month. When, when we were, it was. It, it was this month. It was this month. It's time is just ages ago. So nebulous. Yeah, it is. <laughs> what was your sense on how the candidates responded to the needs for the community when it comes to access to pu- for public transportation and otherwise? Well, I think it depends. I think we got a much more positive answer. Sorry, much more positive answers than we might typically get because of where we were. Um, I was happy to see a number of people, though, talk about accessibility. um, And we had a few calls for plowing the sidewalks. We had three candidates mention that explicitly, so that was nice. Um, But in general, I think that there does need to be more focus. It's a large percentage of people in the city. Yeah, 10%, isn't it? Yes. Um, And, like, the numbers, it can be funky because, for stigma reasons, a lot of people don't identify Mm -hmm. as having disabilities when they do. Yeah. so, like, even the census, it gets tagged as a difficulty because they ask a question to try and get around right. that. Um, but, yeah, I think that that I'm always happy when when people are being thoughtful about accessibility and transportation, but that we could do a lot more. I think that there's also a limited scope of what is considered uh, ac- accessibility. I mean, to your point about not just, like, wheelchairs, uh, there's also, you know, when I travel with my son who has uh, corpus callosum disorder, so he's missing his midline of his brain. Uh, right down the frontal lobe, uh, you know, I have to prepare and I have to like I, I, I when I before we ever flew, I was I was traveling a lot. So I would ask the, the crew, like, what do you know, what should a parent do when they're traveling with a child that's sensory sensitive uh, or, you know, doesn't react the way you think people should when they're on a plane? And it varies. Right. And, and I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard for me to say if it's getting better. 
But, I mean, it has to do also with, with law enforcement, how they treat somebody who maybe is nonverbal or, you know, does, like, weird things to them physically. And they, the police officers are like, what are they, why are they acting that way, right? Yeah, that can be a huge thing of anyone who's viewed as acting... And, like, I'm saying viewed, I'm not saying, like, acting outside the norm. Right. Is suddenly that that is a problem and then that you are threatening. Right. Um, or, you know, or has a health issue that means that if you act in a certain way or, like, you know, if that you have a heart condition. Right. Um, that, that, you know, you're, that you might be at more risk of having a bad health outcome. Um, yeah, I think that that's a huge issue. Um, and appreciating when you're in a public, you know, in a public space that, like, people don't, people have different ways of interacting with, like, the yeah. built environment and it's you should not assume that everyone is the same or that everyone can have the same like reaction time of please do not assume that everyone can get out of your car with the exact same amount of speed or that yes like, um you know you might not realize that the person crossing the street has is low vision or yeah any of those things like just trying to be accommodating i think that's a big thing and like yeah i think if you are in person at an access living event you maybe get a better appreciation of like the broad spectrum of accommodations right like just being bad about those things we are going to take a break and we are going to come back and talk about plow the sidewalks with our friends uh, kyle lucas and laura saltzman saltzman from access living kyle is from better streets chicago and uh and so this lends itself to you know what it means to be mobile to have uh access to the freaking sidewalks <laughs> i mean come on uh before we go to the break uh andy messaged uh patty i was at work and could not listen to the forum does wcpt have a recorded version one can watch i know that the live stream is uh, well i know that my li- our live stream is also on the patty vasquez show page so you can visit the patty vasquez show page and uh, like the page so that you can stay up to date on uh, all the fun stuff as well as the wcpt facebook page if you go to my page and the wc facebook page you can see us all live in studio and we'll take a break here and continue our conversation when we come back in just a moment on driving it home with me patty vasquez wcpt 820 heartland signal Wake up to the freshest progressive conversation with Santita Jackson. You have to do some thinking, and I think that's the inflection point that we are in right now, just really figuring out exactly who we are. Santita Jackson, live and local from 6 to 8 a.m. on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820. WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Manaqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern in Rogers Park and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are, uh, I guess we're driving it home. See, I'm using driving it home, Kyle, as a, you know, getting my point across. Not necessarily, not everybody's in their car. <laughs> uh, Kyle Lucas from Better Streets Chicago and Laura Seltzman from Access Living. Uh, Kyle, for folks who maybe didn't hear our conversation last time you were on about Better Streets Chicago, tell folks what, what the organization's mission is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Better Streets Chicago is a grassroots advocacy organization. We're fighting for uh, streets for better infrastructure for people who walk, roll, bike, take transit. Um, so we just think that there has been decades of 
of of policy and infrastructure choices that have been made that have put our system way out of balance towards cars and have left a lot of people behind. It's made conditions that are unsafe uh, and it makes things inequitable. And so we want to fight for the type of infrastructure that makes people safer, that makes people feel like they can be out in their communities and 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 uh, you know streets that give vibrancy to our to our city. The, uh, did you hear the mayor say that she had added more bike lanes? Then I don't remember what her comparison was, but what were your thoughts when you heard that declaration? Well, uh, the city has made that claim quite a bit in, mm-hmm. during this administration. Um, you know, there may be some truth to the claim, but the, the reality is that's a really low bar. So the <laughs> the amount of, the, of bike lanes the city has done is really negligible, and the quality of those bike lanes is really what's key. The truth is that the bike lanes that are being implemented right now are not creating a connected network. Um, most of the time, they will, you know, uh, disappear along ward lines. So you might find yourself in a really hairy situation on a busy road where there was a bike lane and now there's not. Um, so there's uh, quite a bit of work to do. So, you know, I'm glad that they're doing some, but but we're pushing for a lot more because that's what we need. One of the things I often talk about on the show, Laura, is like where people are doing it right. And in your role as a policy anal- uh, analyst for Access living. Have you been to other places where you get where you think? I wish we had that in Chicago. I wish this was policy, or or any of the research that you've come across. Yeah, unfortunately, when it comes to accessibility, there aren't a ton. There aren't a ton of places that do it particularly well. Um, Now, there's a couple places I would like to check out. um, Given with plot the sidewalks of like. Normally would not want to go up to Canada in the winter, but now I kind of want to do want to because Toronto, yeah. and Montreal, uh, both plow the sidewalks or Syracuse and Buffalo, and kind of looking at those. But in terms of accessibility, like off the top of my head, not like it's it's mixed. Like sometimes there'll be specific things that are better, but other things that right. are much worse. So like maybe that specific train is much more accessible, but the sidewalks are completely impassable. Sure. Um, so there was a lot of cover- uh, there was someone, who, there was a wheelchair user who did a whole thing on, they visited Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. That was the thing they found. It was like, I think if I remember correctly, the trains were accessible, but the way that cyclists, like, unfortunately uh, made it kind of impossible to just use the sidewalks. So oh, just- though they cycle on the sidewalks? Yeah, it was like, I'm trying yeah, to remember. That's right. Yeah, I'm just, sorry, this is me going back. But, or it was just like impossible to cl- cross the street in any event. Uh, and it was someone who was kind of like look, very much looking forward to it because Amsterdam gets talked about a lot as sure. like a transportation, like uh, paradise or something. But that, there are trade offs. So there are places that are better. But actually, Chicago, um, while there are many, 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 many improvements that can be made, Chicago. Um, like in some ways, unfortunately, is like much more accessible than many places are. We have many more accessible train stations than, say, mm-hmm. like New York, sure, uh, where it's twenty five percent of their stations have elevators. Uh, so yeah, I my husband and I often we we often point to Dublin as a place that uh, I think culturally they've done a good job of you know sort of people seem to grow up uh, having an awareness of people who tra- who travel differently or are mobile differently, and uh, and like even at the airport. Oh my God! I mean they treated Declan like he was an ambassador like they had a guy they had somebody that like pushed his wheelchair for us he had like badges and it, like basically like hey everyone make way Declan's coming through I mean it was awesome. it was really 
wonderful. And it was the best experience that we had. And, and not just that, but like elevators. I think I told you this last time. Elevators had, uh, every elevator had a symbol of a wheelchair and a stroller so that everyone gives, uh, gives precedence. Like if, they, every elevator we would go to that was full, if they saw the wheelchair, everyone would get out. Like we were at the Guinness uh, Emporium, whatever it is, the warehouse. There was a full elevator. Everyone got off when they saw us. And this one couple was like in the back and they, they didn't notice us. And they were like totally embarrassed that they were still on the elevator. Like, no, we just need room for this because people can use the stairs and they choose to use the elevator sometimes. But there, they're like, oh, we were fine. We can we can wait for the next one. And it, like, it just, the culturally, society seemed to have an awareness. Now, when we went, to the other, on the other hand, to your point about uh, mobility, on the like, they have cobblestones. We broke That's Deckard's right. wheelchair. I was ask about that. Yeah. yeah, we broke Deckard's wheelchair in Wales. Oh no! Yeah, the bolts came out. But then at the uh, hotel, they went they they went above and beyond to fix the wheelchair. So I mean, like every and then in London though, they because the tubes are so old, they have you know one guy we saw was being told it would take him ninety minutes out of his way in a wheelchair to get where he needed. We have we're more flexible and nimble because we can Deckard can walk a little bit. We can carry his wheelchair. But um, yeah, I, I I have not yet found a place where I'm like, oh, this would be great. Yeah, and uh, I was talking to an MP out of London, and they were saying, like, even the buses where they do have ramps, a lot of the drivers just refuse to deploy them. No! Yeah, so she's had calls from, you know, her constituents that, like, oh, I was just left and, you know, could not board the bus for an hour, and they don't believe that they uh, have to, so yeah. Yeah. It, it is a cultural thing. Even, like, at, you know, the happiest place on Earth, we were at Disney, and um, our second day there, a bus pulled up, and they're like, we don't have the handicap space available. Now, the bus was mostly empty. He just didn't want to tell the people that were sitting in the handicap area to please move over, and, like, like they were embarrassed. Late, like we ran into them. They're like, we. They didn't ask us. Yeah, I, I was. I, but so it, it, I think that. And look, there are people who are like, you know, uh, you can, having a disability doesn't mean to feel sorry for you. We're just like, just be accommodating, be kind. It's not that much. So where did uh, where did plow the sidewalks? Where, I mean, where did this uh, concept take hold and, and become a mission of Better Streets Chicago? Yeah. So uh, started in. The winter of uh, 2021, we had a really big snowfall in in like February, I think it was, and um, and so me and uh, Michael Podgers, one of the other organizers at, at Better Street Chicago, uh, we were just talking a lot about how we were noticing different ways that you know uncleared sidewalks made really precarious situations for us, but then we were thinking a lot about how, you know, differently able people might find that even more difficult or completely impossible to pass through. And so we started trying to look into why that was and, you know, what what the city's policy was. And, and you know, we found the unfortunate truth that, well, it's just, it's a, up to, you know, it's an every man's thing and you just got to everyone for themselves. And, um, but then on top of that, there's this like jurisdictional nightmare for stuff that is actually under different agencies who are responsible for certain stuff. So like Metro is responsible for Metro Viaduct, CTA is responsible for um, anything that's adjacent to their property, but not their bus stops. You know, only they only do bus stops if they're directly next to the CTA uh, property, or if it's a shelter, it's up to JC Deco instead because they're the ones who we have the contract with. Um, so there's like all these different oh, layers of bureaucracy that we found in addition to just the bad policy of leaving it up to property owners. So we're both renters, and we didn't own shovel. 
shovels. So we went out and bought some shovels, and we just started going out to street corners and to bus stops and taking pictures of just these piles and mounds of snow. Right. Started clearing them out and just demonstrating, like, how much work it was, how much manual labor it was. And then we found out there's cities that plow it. <laughs> and we were like, this is, this is huge. Yeah. This is revolutionary. We can plow the sidewalks, too. Right. And, uh, you know, even just Forest Park and Wilmette. There are suburbs in Chicagoland that do it. They, um, usually they just send some bobcats down. But there's actually plows that are made for sidewalks. And the, Great news. They work for bike lanes, too. So, you yeah. know, it's this great equipment that can, can address two different, you know, mobility problems in the wintertime in Chicago. Winter always comes around. We've had a mild one so far this year, but you never know. We Not all know. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> we think we've escaped it, and then it just dumps on us. Was that uh, that winter that you ha- shoveled uh, the corners and see? Was that when they had the, the sheet of, it was almost ice underneath? Yeah. yeah. So there was like there was like some freeze thaw cycles and it just solidified. Yes. So like sometimes you get a top layer of snow off and that's just ice. Yeah, we I was out there because there there was a, a neighbor in the community who to your point about Metra adjacent and who's responsible for that property. The viaduct between fifty one fifty North Milwaukee Avenue and the Metra viaduct uh, was just impa- impassable and and, uh, and it's the direct route to the terminal, the bus terminal. So Cass had uh, had posted about it. And another neighbor came out. They shoveled me, Griffin, and uh, and Josh all shoveled one side. The next day we came back, and it was gruesome. I mean, it was like we. I, I have uh, old steel, like the workhorse shovels, and we were like <laughs> chopping up ice and stuff. And I'm getting older. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this much longer. Like my husband, you know, I was. I told him like we have a lot to worry about with Declan. I don't need him out there hurting his back or his knees, and and then not be able to help with our son. Uh, so when you said that that uh, you want to visit places like like Canada where they have cities that uh, that do uh, plow the sidewalks have you found out like what how what do you know how long they've been doing it um the so i recently talked to someone from toronto's government and he was actually not clear he knew it had happened as long as he'd been around really? and like um and i forget what other what other canadian city he was from but he was just like no it's it's always been a thing um it, he was shocked that this was that this was something that the American cities didn't do, um, and that there's no way that like you could go back because people just take it as a given. Um, yeah, but yeah, that that's yeah. So I don't know, but it minimally at least a few decades, I guess. And and I guess I, I would imagine that part of it in American society is like take care of your own, get your own shovel, or hire some kids to do it. You know, especially in Chicago, uh, it's almost a badge of honor. Like you know, dibs, yeah. uh, our culture of dibs, right? <laughs> right? I mean, like we are it's every man for himself. So our policy that my husband came with came up with on our block because we do have two cars is we we would shovel four spots. We would shovel our two spots and then shovel for two other people so that we wouldn't have to worry. About, there'd be plenty of parking, and we're lucky because we live across from a park so there isn't like there aren't people living across the street right it's not too bad we're not uh, but you know i mean people get vicious when it comes to dibs yeah Mm -hmm. yeah oh i'm not even gonna get into dibs (laughs) don't need to get into that you can get into dibs oh no no i was saying i'm not gonna get into that because i can avoid that specific (laughs) um yeah um you know i have hot takes on dibs but you know it's uh, it's almost it, like the last time I did a mayoral forum in 2018. Like that was our that was our, our, fl- our lightning flash the flash round, <laughs> and uh, whether or not you supported it or not. Because like now it's like to the point where I will just go and t- pick up people's oh, garbage. Look, a free chair, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love people that use the orange emergency <laughs> codes. I'm like, this is good if I ever have an accident. Yeah, this absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this is useful. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think you know, the, there's there's some times where we get some people who kind of turn it into this weird morality argument, yeah. like, where it's like, you know, if people aren't shoveling, then then we're not going to have a society, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, please, like yeah. like the reality is, it is a public right of way. We plow the streets. Yes. The, the sidewalks are a cornerstone of mobility in the city. Everyone has to use the sidewalk. And the reality is when it doesn't get cleared, it's dangerous for everyone. But when one stretch doesn't get cleared for a significant po- portion of the population, it, it makes things impossible to get around. Right. And if we have really big snows like we've had the past couple of years and, you know, like February, January and February, that can mean that people are left at home for a week at a time. They can't go to a doctor appointment. They can't go, you know, get their um, prescriptions from the pharmacy. I mean – Goodness, they can't go get a coffee with a friend just like everyone else. You know, people right. deserve to be able to do that too. They have social lives. They have they have people they want to go see and people who are important to them. And so we just think that you know, instead of leaving it up to uh, a regressive policy that's based on fines and and is reactive, there is a proactive thing that we can do instead, and that ensures that the, that the job gets done. Every single time so that everyone has access to the sidewalk. I like it. And we're going to talk about that uh, at the town hall for Plow the Sidewalks. Hashtag Plow the Sidewalks, by the way, if you want to learn more on Twitter and see a lot of the posts that they have uh, been putting out there to educate people about Plow the Sidewalks. This is Better Street Chicago. We're talking to Kyle Lucas from Better Street Chicago and Laura Saltzman, the policy analyst for, for Access Living, in particular when it comes to transportation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also going to be uh, the panelists will be Gilbert Alderman Gilbert Villegas of the 36th Ward. Uh, Laura will be on the panel as well, and Michael Potters, who I believe was on with us last time. And we uh, oh. we just found out there's going to be a n- another panelist from Syracuse, uh, oh. City Councilor uh, Michael Green, and he's going to talk about the program that they have in Syracuse. Ooh. They plow the sidewalks. Joining us in person? Uh, virtual. I was going to mm-hmm. say, that was impressive. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would be like, yeah. oh my God, you guys, you guys are not pulling, you're, pull, you're pulling out all the stops. You are incredible. Uh, by the way, from, the, from Andy, Skokie has baby snow plows that run down blocks of sidewalks. Evanston has spent millions of dollars to make sidewalks accessible at street corners, and it's great. Then the plows push snow up on those corners, making access impossible. Well, hey, you know, it's got to be done in, in the most equitable way. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say there is a whole issue with all of the snow that, that gets pushed from the streets into the crosswalks. Yeah, into the uh, bike lanes. Yep. Yeah, which um, we think that there is a good reason to think that that actually violates the ADA, especially because of the yeah. specifically pushing them into the crosswalks because it does make everything inaccessible. So. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Let's continue our conversation. If you folks have uh, questions or comments, 773-763-9278 is the number to call to join our conversation. You can call or text us at 773-763-9278. We'll continue our conversation in just a moment after these messages. Heartland Signal, WCPT 820. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. We're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are hanging out in the studio. If you watch the live stream, you can see both of my lovely guests uh, live streaming right there. Hi, there's Kyle Lucas. There's Laura Salzman. Laura Salzman, the policy analyst for transportation with Access Living. And uh, Kyle Lucas, is there a title with you at uh, Better Street Chicago? 
Uh, co-founder. Co-founder is a good title. <laughs> That's an excellent title. There's four of us. So. There you go. Co-founder <laughs> of uh, of Better Streets Chicago. And already, I mean, like, uh, I've lived here my whole life, and there are organizations that sort of form, and uh, you'll hear about them, and, and all of a sudden they have this groundswell of attention. You guys have already gotten involved with uh, with aldermen, with uh, mayoral candidates. They're already talking about uh, plow the sidewalk. I mean, like, that's got a that's remarkable. I mean, it, it's really great work, you guys. Thank you. Yeah, we're very excited about the momentum that we've had. Um, and really, it, it's the source of it is that we are just extremely passionate about it. We really, really believe in this. And it's our goal to build a political movement around this and ensure that we are ensuring that we have elected officials who understand that these transportation issues are important. Transportation touches every aspect of our lives. It is interwoven into our daily lives. And so these are it's not a niche issue. It's it, it's a very important thing. And so we want to make sure that we are are making sure there's elected officials who understand that and then hold them accountable. Um, so we're really determined um, to do to do the work. Um, we have a lot of ideas and a lot of really big big plans. So you know, one of them is plow the sidewalks, but we're we're not stopping there. So, but we're really excited uh, about you know how things have gone um and it's been a really exciting election cycle we're finding out there's lots of candidates who are talking about plow the sidewalks on the trail and uh including at the mayoral level um so we're really excited about the support that we have we think that there's that, that there's a lot of support going into this uh next city council well that's why i was so glad to be at the mayoral forum at access living because uh because you know some of the 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 pedestrians that we're talking about whether they're cyclists or or walking or rolling in, in whatever form uh, are not often it, it, we are car brained that's something I learned from one of the people in your group is that I, I am also car brained uh, you know we've uh, and I and I, I am grateful like I, my son has yet to get his driver's license he's like why I have uh, I've got great buses and trains and, and he walks a lot um, so, so you know when you had that form that had to be a good feeling to know that there were candidates that were in all of them except for one yeah. showed up yeah we were um, we were Thrilled to have the turnout we had. Um, two of the candidates weren't there, but oh, was it I mean, two? Okay. yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it was great turnout. I think it was the best turnout we've had. Um, you know, we, it was a packed house. Yes, pa- packed. Got a little warm in there. Uh, yeah, it did. <laughs> I was getting lightheaded. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it was. I think we were really happy with the turnout and how much focus it got because this, it no, there are important issues and yeah, and people kind of understanding that people need different kinds of transportation um like cars need to be aware of that people might be crossing the street in different kinds of ways that that it was it was really nice to see the response what are some of the other policies that you focus on when it comes to uh you know elevating the awareness and the safety so Uh, oh sorry go no um a big thing um and really happy that uh the city of chicago got a lot of grant money to do is uh accessible train stations so we are at, CTA actually is working on making more trains accessible, but then Access Living, um, we kind of help organize a number of organizations across the country um, to push an issue that Tammy Duckworth put up in the infrastructure bill called ASAP, uh, All Stations Accessible Program. It is the same name as the program that the CTA has. It is not a coincidence. It is very confusing. People confuse them. <laughs> um, but the federal program, uh, the federal ASAP program was in the infrastructure bill um, and it passed and it has was $1.75 billion. Uh, and then we got two years... Two years of the grant money got allocated, and we got, I think, $118 million um, to make even more stations accessible. So that is a big issue, is making sure that 
more and more train stations become accessible. That's not just elevators. That's a whole range of things. That's fixing wayfinding. That's making sure that people who are blind and low vision can navigate it. Um, it's making sure that there's proper signs. It's making sure that there's as many electric signs as possible so you're not just depending on auditory cues. Right. Um, one thing that, you know, there's a lawsuit that this... Um, so that's that's a big issue. Um, in addition, like for accessible sidewalks, it's not just about plowing the sidewalks. It's making sure that the sidewalks are built properly and that they're fixed in time. That is a huge problem. Oh my god! Um, whatever like that, giant what, poles in the middle of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what's and what's that material that they put out a few like in the last decade? That's almost like it looks like pottery for like some of the the curb, you know, the corners. It crumbles. It like oh. it's basically oh, like terracotta or whatever they are for the tactile domes. Yes. Yeah. They're they're supposed to be all replacing them with iron because because they don't yeah they don't maintain well or the plastic ones get really really slippery. So theoretically they're supposed to get replaced. Yeah. Um, because they're also actually yeah so yeah. that's yeah that was that seems like i mean just not no foresight no t- i mean how are these tested like it, it, within a year of a lot of these slabs going yeah. in they just they were just decimated yeah. and then there's the problem of like we have very very few auditory signals so i, mm-hmm. yeah. I was thinking about this today because i was in uh, i was telling someone in san antonio and i don't know if you guys are familiar with these two with the diagonal crosswalks in places mm-hmm. that are phenomenal so all traffic is stopped while people are able to cross so if you need we to have get one in chicago is, where's that uh it's downtown i forget the intersection state and really something yeah i don't know because it's, it's in the loop because yeah it's it's pretty it's pretty cool the pedestrian scramble yeah yeah and, and it also has the audi- the auditory signal for so you know so it's different sounds for the second counts and then for when it's getting closer to uh, get out of the intersection kind yeah. of a thing but yeah, yeah I think that those I, I it's very rare that I hear auditory signals for folks yeah it's yeah. really bad here that's why the there's a lawsuit right now I, I believe it uh, and and you know uh, i mean i also think that I, I wonder if there's a way to work with state legislators for driver's ed curriculum uh to incorporate you know what it like p- <laughs> pedestrians have it right away I, I don't know how much mm-hmm. more i can put that into people's <laughs> brains like i don't care if you're in a hurry i don't care if they wandered out from between two cars they are still a pedestrian you are in a over thousand pound vehicle you are safe you are warm settle down yeah. yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, at this point, it's almost like a cultural fixture. The yes. idea of uh, jaywalking, and that was by design, um, you know, by auto manufacturers because people were being killed by be, as automobiles were being introduced into cities, and so the automobile. Uh, companies came up with a crime and they called it jaywalking and then they lobbied for it to be implemented in cities across the nation yeah and so now everybody thinks that jaywalking is bad when in reality it was the introduction of cars that actually was what made it so dangerous you know i looked this up the other day jaywalking is not like you can't get illegal in the state of illinois like people are it's not illegal this is not so pedestrians have the right of way. The expectation is that pedestrians won't go wandering into traffic. It still doesn't matter. They have the right. Of, I'm sorry, you have to sit on the countertop. I agree. They 100%. still have yeah. the right of way. And, and this comes from someone who has been a belligerent driver. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, but being more of a pedestrian mm-hmm. now, I am. So I'm looking. Look, folks. If you, I, I, my husband and I were walking. Maybe I told you this last time. We were walking down Elston, and uh, there there was a big SUV, and the light was you know was green for cross traffic. But we thought, well, it, it looked. Like like there was no car coming, so we went to step out, and there was a car coming. And this woman like stopped and started yelling at us. You know, I gotta stop when you're in the intersection. Like, just started getting. But I'm like, okay, relax. 
like I'm yeah. so sorry. Your life has ended yeah. because I had to. I was just checking to, to see. There's a car coming. Is all. And could you see the car? Because there's an increasing problem of all of the cars and the massive, massive cars yes. parking into the crosswalk, so you can't even see around. Yes. Um, which is difficult if you are if you are like standing and walking and like average height. If you are a wheelchair user or if you're a kid, you cannot like. It is extremely dangerous when you have these really wide cars. I'm making all these gestures, which you, no one can see. It's a good You're last oh. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> right. But, like, it is that that has just made crossing streets much, uh, much, much more dangerous. They're, like, Hoboken has started. So there are some cities that have done things that have made it, to make it, like, difficult to park in those areas, which are illegal to park in, um, but so that, you know you can be seen when you're crossing the street. Yeah, yep. it's necessary. Let's take a break here. Again, we are talking to our friends. Uh, we have Kyle Lucas in studio, co-founder of Better Streets Chicago, and Laura Saltzman from Access Living. She's a policy analyst with uh, for transportation. And we are going to be at the town hall meeting for Plow the Sidewalks Monday, January 30th from 5 to 6.30 at 115 West Chicago Avenue. That is Access Living. Uh, I imagine it's going to be on the, in the same room. Well, yes. When you get there, people will direct you yeah. to the room. But again, that's January 30th. 5 to 6.30, West Chicago. Come join us for that event. And it's also going to be live stream. We'll talk more about that when we come back. I'm super late for the news. Sorry, Lady B. Oops. The Tom Hartman Radio Program provides all of the intelligence, information, and insight you'll need to win the water cooler wars. Weekdays 11 to 2, right here on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. WCPT Replay. Now we have a little bit of hero fatigue, right? Because we thought Bob Mueller was going to bring it home and Bill Barr basically blocked him and lied about his report. We thought Merrick Garland was going to bring it home. I will say now, having seen Merrick Garland operate over the last year and a half, he, he's a very good man, but he seems to have lost his prosecutorial instincts and he's behaving more like a judge, yeah. which is not what we need. Uh, out of our attorney general at this moment in history. But what I've been told about Jack Smith is, listen, he's fearless. He will take politically charged cases that are difficult to prove. He has prosecuted Republican politicians and Democrats, and he's not afraid to lose. He's going to do the right thing. Um, and, and that's precisely the kind of person we need heading up the, the Trump cases at this point. Keep listening to WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Because facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Coming up on Monday, January 30th, we are going to... I'm hosting a... I'm so excited about this. I'm hosting a town hall with Better Street Chicago. It is Plow the Sidewalks. The panel, the panelists include Gilbert Alderman Gilbert Viegas of the 36th Ward, Laura Saltzman from Access Living, and Michael Podgers, also from Better Streets Chicago. And now we, I've been told there's another panelist that's joining us, a councilman from Sarasota, Syracuse. Syracuse, yeah, Michael Green, a councilor from Syracuse. I will tell you this much. So it's Kyle Lucas, co-founder of Better Street Chicago, and Laura Saltzman in studio, policy analyst for transportation at Access Living. Uh, Syracuse gets, yes, a lot of snow. I've, I've been <laughs> they do. so much snow, just crazy <laughs> amounts. Of, I was, uh, uh-huh. um, Yeah, they got that lake effect snow. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I, I, yeah, I, don't, I did not like. Um, <laughs> so when you're talking to folks about this, uh, so this in 2021, you discovered that there was no sort of cohesive uh, policy when 
it came to sidewalks. It's basically like shovel your own, maybe help out your neighbor. Maybe you're lucky and someone has a snowblower on the block. Uh, but otherwise, you're out of luck if you uh, maybe you're if for the elderly. And I know that there are aldermen who, you know, say we'll send some shovelers over your way. But a, a, a built in plan to address the sidewalks to improve safety for pedestrians, I think, is out the door. A no brainer. Mm-hmm. Right. Nobody has to ask for someone to come and, and plow the street. You know, I mean, there's, yeah. you know, there's questions about, you know, timeliness in terms of side streets yes. and, you know, that sort of thing. But the but the reality is every street at some point gets plowed. That's part of the 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 policy that we right. have. And so that's a part of the public way. The sidewalks are also part of the public way. You know, that is something that everyone uses. So, yeah, absolutely. It should just be something that the city takes care of. And I think that uh, Kyle brought up a good point about how it's more punitive and and uh, rather than proactive, like getting ahead of a situation rather than like, oh, you didn't take care of your sidewalk. Right, Laura? Yeah. And it's just- Fines don't shovel sidewalks. Like, if you have that fine, it's not going to do anything. Right. It doesn't mean that people can cross it. It also, like, people who are disabled tend to be disproportionately low income, um, might not be able to shovel, might not be able to pay for someone else to shovel it. So now you're probably finding people. Um, and there are plenty of people for whom that fine will mean nothing and it's not going to discourage anyone. And it's just, like, the biggest thing is we know the fines don't work because all of us live in Chicago and have dealt with winter with constantly snow and ice covered sidewalks it just doesn't it's the same thing is not going to work yeah i i don't i agree and i also think to your point about how we we prioritize the the streets it's it's assumed that the streets will get plowed uh but this this just it makes so much sense that it's just built into the system and i and you're right i'm sure that people from canada are like what do you mean you don't do this, and I'm sure there are other places in the in the world, uh, and and it does. I think that it changes the mindset of yes, our sidewalks are important. This is how we all we, we need to make our neighborhoods more walkable, mm-hmm. right? Like I mm-hmm. live in a community that has just a massive amount of empty storefronts, right? And it would be it would be nice, I think, if the sidewalks were cared for. If we, if it seemed like we were investing in our communities, mm-hmm. people would want to set up shop here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's an investment in our communities, and we're talking about a lot about that in a lot of different areas right now. Um, so we think, you know, that it, it's really important to invest in our city in the wintertime and make sure that, that that it's accessible for everyone then, too. Well, and so, of course, here's a question. And I know this will be more for Alderman Viegas, which is everyone's going to ask, how do you pay for it? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, I wish there was something because it, there's always like everything you get billed for seems to have something tacked on for, you know, whether it's your elect- electricity. Have, has anybody floated any ideas? So the... That's part of why we're asking for a pilot program. Mm -hmm. So we want to test it out in several different zones across the city and different uh, different areas of the city um, so that we can study what different um, types of of operations work in the city and how much that would cost. Um, A a bunch of different cities do it different ways. They either contract it out to private contractors or they'll have uh, city employees do it or Mm -hmm. a combination of both. So it's different for every city. So that's why we're what we're asking for right now is for a pilot program so we can test it out, see what works for Chicago and then that way city council can then build out a, a program that expands out to the city that works for Chicago. Yeah. Go ahead, Laura. I was going to say, I do want to make a specific point. We've t- And we've talked about a few pay-fors, but one thing that everyone is very clear on, because this is the top concern people have, no one is talking about taxing residents more. No one is talking about that there's going to be some little fee that now, like... right. That is, that is not under discussion. Any of the pay, that's not under discussion. 
Um, how you pay for it, I mean, I will say in general, it comes out of the general, most of the cities, the way they pay for it is how do we pay for plowing the streets? Yeah, exactly. That's, um, what, I, that's what I thought was going to be. Yeah, I agree. That, but yeah, but there are different ideas, but, you know, we need to get a better sense. That's why we want to go with a pilot, just to get a better sense of everything first. Right. And and I think that, you know, uh, so having hosted the, or, or been one of the moderators for today's forum, uh, you know, you've got candidates who, like, just their answer for everything is uh, lower taxes. Uh, so you have people in their minds. And so when I, so my my uh, foray, my, my first uh, introduction into legislative discussions was because of uh, programs that were not funded in Springfield. And that, that's what they would ask me when I would come down, like, well, we, how are we going to pay for it? This is what the conversations are with voters as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, to assume that it, that we, no one asks that how we pay for plow the streets. Mm-hmm. Exactly to your point. No one says, where does that money come from? So if it's in that fund, I think that makes complete sense. It, you know, and it doesn't seem like... There, I remember one time I was fighting for a program and uh, I was on a speakerphone and I was in the room with a Senate president at the time, uh, John Cullerton. And, uh, and we were talking about expanding a, a program for kids with autism. And I just remember him saying, there's always money. Yep. Right. And these guys know. And, and like I just remember sitting there like, well, how do we get to it? <laughs> right. Like, how do we direct it towards what fundamentally helps people? Because I don't know. I just get so tired of I, I just put it out there because I know that that's what yeah. will be asked. Well, and something, too, that we were you know, talking a lot about is, you know, we highlighted earlier that there are a lot of inefficiencies and layers of bureaucracy in our system right now mm-hmm. that rely on disparate contracts that are going to all sorts of different vendors that but they're ultimately being paid for by the city. Um, uh, Chicago Housing Association has contracts um, mm-hmm. of their own that are going to all their different properties around the city. Uh, Chicago Parks District has, is doing stuff. So, you know, there's all these different layers of bureaucracy where we're just, you know, it's not centralized, it's inefficient. Oh. People are having to move equipment all across the city to different locations to make it happen rather than we just have some plows that we just run down the, you, you keep going and then yeah. you come back and then you keep going again and then you, and you just do it all. So we want to, you know, part of it is creating that efficiency and streamlining it and bringing it all under one umbrella so that, you know, we can have an efficient and, and ultimately effective and complete uh, program. See, I, I I see this as a way to also entangle unentangle a lot of those things because that's that's something I, I I never had any idea that the Chicago Park District was somehow its own entity. Mm-hmm. Like that is, I'm dumbfounded by that. That there's yeah. no oversight from City Hall. So th- I mean, maybe this is a way to go. Like, hey, we did this here. Why don't we do this here? I mean, did you see? This is a totally different subject. But the the lifeguard situation in Chicago, as yeah. you know, last year mm-hmm. we we couldn't even open half of our pools. Right. Did you see that in Evanston? There, it's the fire department. The lifeguard service will now be under the fire department. For me, makes complete sense because they are trained as sort of young first responders. And then you have, if young men and women want to go into first responder, whatever. But at least it, it sort of it creates an umbrella and takes it, because the park district was mismanaging the lifeguard service. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we still just need to not. Not allow abuse like that. So. Uh, I, I, I am so. I am the guard from 1989 who sat down for three hours with the state's attorney's office and uh, had my journal. For, I wouldn't just go in and just talk about it. I was like, I have here's the yeah. here's the day I was given peach schnapps by my boss. Here's the week later when I was given uh, Jack Daniels. Here's where he put his hand down my pants, and here's where he put his hands up my shirt. So no, I got you. I and and that person went on to also be the person that was in charge of the lifeguard service. 
Yeah, no, I'm fine. Uh, so, yes. So that's why I've been trying to think of solutions when it comes to... But that's my point, is like I had no idea until this entire story erupted that the city had no oversight and had no way of protecting young men and women who go to work at our parks and pools. So it does... I mean, just the idea of like yeah. going, how do we do this more efficiently? Mm-hmm. How do we have some way of, of making sure we manage this? And accountability. And accountability. A hundred percent. All yep. about accountability. See, I went into See how I take a left <laughs> turn? You're like, I don't know how we get back. I don't know how we get back. Uh, we are hanging out with uh, with Kyle Lucas, who is a co-founder of Better Streets Chicago. And uh, there's a town hall forum coming up that is going to have an incredible panel. Uh, I'm, I only say that. I'm just hosting. I'm not on the panel. <laughs> I, I, I was telling uh, our guests that, uh, that my job is to make sure everyone else looks good. People wanted me to do jokes today when I was at the forum. And I'm like, nope, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to make any jokes with these folks. So, uh, but I think this is going to be a wonderful event. I invite everyone to join. Well, I, hopefully not everyone, because I mean, a lot of people. Let's fill the room, but not get dangerous, shall we? Come on uh, out, everyone! <laughs> come on, everyone! I'm inviting everyone to. Ja- I mean, everyone. January uh, 30th, five to six thirty at one fifteen West Chicago Avenue. I think I'm going to go for ramen noodles after that. Anyway, mm-hmm. just planning out my meal for the evening. Uh, we have our panelists are going to be uh, Alderman Gilbert Viegas of the 36th Ward, Laura Saltzman, our guest in studio, who is a policy analyst for Transportation and Access Living, and Michael Podgers, also a co-founder of Better Streets Chicago, as well as from Syracuse, New York. Do we know the... Michael Green. Michael Green, who's going to tell us how their, uh, how their policy of plow the sidewalks works there. And we have a, a caller who has a question, so we'll take a break here, and, uh, and I will take the call from here now when we return. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Said from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at ANS Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Serving the lifeguard. Hi, everybody. So I'm just ranting about the lifeguard service. and I'm excited to, to uh, do this town hall on Monday because there are things in the city. Look, this is a great city, and it is not great for everyone. I think that's across the line, whether it's the community you live in, the access to schools and opportunities, access to being able to be to travel safely on our sidewalks, on our roads, on our public transportation. And uh, I'm just so thrilled to have uh, I, really I found Kyle. I don't know why, Kyle, like you popped up in my Twitter feed. I must have been friends of friends or whatever. And he, he you know, I knew you were out delivering food. I'm like, hey, just in the middle of the night, just so you know, some of us really. <laughs> I, I, I tip well. I will. Uh, if I'm ordering, I'll say, hey, can you can you pick up my food for me? Well, no, I'll say I really appreciated you reaching out that day because it, it, it was just very, you were it was so someone sweet. who was who was kind and on a night that was that was tough. So I appreciated right that. back at you because I I was like it was, I, I was in seven for seven weeks. My son was in, at Shirley Ryan, mm-hmm. and uh, I I put on a lot of weight ordering food from uh, from folks that were delivering it like you. That's Kyle Lucas, who is one of the co-founders of Better Streets Chicago, and uh, we also have Laura Salzman, who is Salzman. Am I saying it right? Mm-hmm. Salzman. Salzman. Uh, she's a policy analyst uh, for transportation. 
Association at Access Living. And uh, we have a listener who wants to know more. We have a, a town hall coming up on Monday, January 30th from 5 to 6.30 at Access Living, which is at 115 West Chicago Avenue. And, uh, and I'm excited to see folks show up for this. Mirna, what's on your mind? What's your question for my guests? Hi. Uh, actually, to comment, uh, thank you both for your work. It's really appreciated. Um, wanted to make a suggestion. Our ward committeeman drives around in a streets and sanitation. I don't know if it's a, a small pickup truck or an SUV checking behind the snow plows to make sure that things are done correctly. Why can't those be fitted with snow plows so that they can plow the sidewalks? Well, they're smaller. I think that, and, and Kyle was saying, I think that in, in Chicago we do have. Do we have? Do we, are there some? There are some. Yeah. For, I, I've seen on Michigan Avenue where some of the retailers hire people to do this. Mm-hmm. Those are cool too. They're like little they cages. Are. Yeah. I love it when I see them. I want cute little plows everywhere. Yes. They're awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, but there's specialized equipment for it. Um, so there, yeah, I'm a little bit leery of having some trucks driving down sidewalks. Um, but I think, but there are there there small plows. They're designed specifically to fit on the sidewalks. Chicago does have some already. Um, um, so, so, and I know that they have been looking to increase capacity because they use them for bike lanes. And then uh, the Chicago Department of Transportation does have the responsibility for sidewalks on things like highway overpasses, the bridges over the rivers, um, different viaducts that are not like train viaducts. Um, so any you know road bridges. So they do those currently. Um, the difficult part of that is that they have to move those plows around. So they like drive it up onto a truck and then move it to a different part to the next place they need to plow and then take it off. So it's actually a really slow process right now. So that's part of the reason why we want them to get more of those and then just keep them going. Just keep running them. Is it wrong that I kind of want to sell sponsorships for these cute little plows? That would be great. I mean, look, you know, they can have named the plow, but for yeah, exactly, but for these, yeah. No, then we get <laughs> then we get fewer people asking about how you pay yeah. for them. I know. Sponsor yeah. all of them. I sponsor all of them, <laughs> right, Marina? Yeah, and see another problem, uh, Patty. You mentioned this handicapped parking spots. My neighbor, there's a fire hydrant, and then there's their handicapped parking spot. It seems like every time they would move their car to go somewhere. The plows would come by and just push. No, that is not okay. Yeah, I had to call the alderman because they didn't know about this. I had to call the alderman a few times to have them bring up and get a plow back here to clean out what they had dumped on their spot. They couldn't park. They don't have a garage. They couldn't get anywhere around the corner because of the snow. Uh, The thing is, we're on a a one-way street. Yeah. And, hey, Mirna, I think that Mirna, Laura wants a little more information. Give her a chance. She uh, wants to ask you something. Uh, what ward are you in? Tenth. Okay. Sorry. Just right. I mean, this is the work that Laura does is to find out where there are trouble spots for uh, for for the community. So I just wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah and they, uh, you know, we've been you know blessed with not having much snow this year, or last year, so it's been okay, but. Well, knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We still got February and March. We'll see. That's right. And some of the neighbors would pitch in to help, but a couple of times they had to call someone to come and plow the area because it was after hours. No one was at the streets and sanitation to answer. So they yeah. didn't send anybody to the spot. Yeah. It's unacceptable. We're on, a, we're on a one-way street, so the snow plows, they go northbound. Everything is plowed to the right. Every snowfall, 
the people on the left side of the street, they have no problems whatsoever. It's like it never even snowed. Everybody on the right, which was not just on my block, but a couple blocks down, that's where most of the elders live. They would have to get someone to come and clean the snow because the snowplow would push everything to the right side of the street. They never considered saying, wait a minute, why don't we have the snowplows go the opposite way? You know, have somebody right. in some student institution go with them and block the, uh, the intersections so that they can do it evenly. You know, but every year it's the same thing. If you're on a one-way street and you're on the right side of the street, you get screwed over with the snow. Well, and that's something that maybe you guys can look into or suggest that maybe they alternate how they, they snowplow. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah, one of the things we're looking at, we would like to suggest, is they just need to relocate a lot of the snow. I mean, let's have not anyone blocked in. Let's not block in the crosswalks. Like, yeah. pushing all the snow from the street directly onto sidewalks, directly onto bus stops is not accessible. Sorry. Yeah. It is not accessible. It is also not acceptable. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it is absolutely something that we are looking at. Um, but, yeah, just to go beyond where it's only hitting one side of the street, it should not be hitting anyone. Yep. Thank you so much, Myrna. Uh, we've got to run because I, I need to, to get, let my guests uh, get on with their evening. But have a great evening, Myrna. Great to hear from you. And uh, also the uh, from Todd, clearing sidewalks should be a mandate in most towns for public safety concerns, especially for handicapped individuals. It ain't easy when you don't have a car. And uh, I actually blew up my back a couple of years ago in January, slipping on ice. wasn't feeling uh, feel, feel, wasn't feeling great getting three spinal shots to correct. Ooh. Oh. Well, that's the other thing too is yeah. The, is is yeah the dangers that it poses. Shoveling itself is a public safety concern. Um, you know, there's a lot of injuries that people get from it. But even we see during winter months, um, there are a heart a spike in yes. heart attacks from shoveling. Yeah. So you know, there the, shoveling is not safe for everyone to do. Um, so that, you know, a lot of times when we see uncleared sidewalks, it can be really easy to be mad at people. But there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't get done yeah and so that's why we think that it should be a city service because you know there's just a lot of people who can't actually shovel it yeah the shame we have the shame when we see our neighbors out we're like we can't do it today (laughs) just the shame that's uh kyle lucas from better streets chicago uh follow him on twitter and i look for all the posts that deal with uh this conversation hashtag plow the sidewalks and uh, laura saltzman from access living policy analyst for transportation she'll be a panelist on our town hall this Monday, January 30th at 115 West Chicago at the Access Living Facility. And we also have uh, on the panel will be Alderman Gilbert Viegas of the 36th Ward, as well as Michael Podger, also co-founder of Better Street Chicago, four co-founders of uh, Better Street Chicago. Eventually, we'll have everybody on. (laughs) And uh, also from Syracuse, New York, we have uh, Michael Green. Michael Green Mm -hmm. will be joining us uh, digitally, and I look forward to it. So I will uh, be hosting that. I will not be on the air. We'll have Senator Dan Katowski. Uh, hosting that night. I know it'll be a great conversation, but come see me live and you can hear him later. So you can, because it, it's all, it's all, it's all out there. Uh, thank you both so much for joining me in studio. Thank yeah, you thank us. you so much. And thank you so much for agreeing to host. We're uh, so excited to have you. My pleasure. And I look forward to it. Uh, be safe today. And I will see you both on Monday. And Monday. maybe we'll get I'll some ramen noodles afterwards. Yes. <laughs> Sounds, <good. laughs> Sounds great. I, I love ramen noodles. I love ramen. More after this, we have uh, my friend Rob Austin, who is my urban cycling expert. Uh, I want to talk more about uh, cycling and roads and uh, and how cars uh, behave around uh, anything that's other than cars <laughs> essentially more in a moment on wcpt 820 heartland signal 
Tired of all those talking heads down the dial who think they're always right? People need to just calm down. It's gotten ridiculous. Welcome to WCPT 820, where facts matter. Quite frankly, I get most of my news from you. This is WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. Oh, my God. Man. I may be overhydrated today, Lady B. That's the second time today where I'm like, no, I got plenty of time to go to the restroom. No, no, no. Not I'm, quite. Not quite. That's Rob Austin joining me in studio. Uh, he is my urban cycling expert. <laughs> not mine. I mean, he is a urban cycling expert. And uh, I uh, and, and also uh, website developer, uh, worksite. Yes, that's uh, true. W- the website is worksite. LLC.com. Worksite LLC.com. And Unfortunately, it, it gets people confused that we're actually a construction company. <laughs> And we get phone calls uh, verifying people's uh, hey, employment. Yeah, I need a back deck put on. <laughs> right. the, I'm yeah. gonna need a roofing yeah. done. Exactly. Over, over by there. I just don't like the idea of uh, website people being geeks. So I want it's more construction. That's all. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, he has built uh, all of my websites, none of which I maintain because I just <laughs> am terrible. I'm too worst, busy. No, I'm the worst business person. It's it's it causes me anxiety, and I, I've got to get to the point where I just have someone else take care of you it and update my dates. Yeah, I need I need people. people for that. I need people. Uh, so let me get to, let me say one phone call before we continue our, our conversation about cycling. So I, I moderated a mayoral forum today, Rob. I don't know if you're following the mayor's uh, election, the um, mayor, the candidates and sort such. Sort of. Sort of. I have opinions about that. You know, but. We, we can talk about your opinions. Uh, but I, uh, so it was Santita Jackson and I were splitting the hours and Joan Esposito was really doing uh, the whole hour. Each We had two different panels. And before we started the second half, I was like, I just got to run to the bathroom real quick. And uh, we were live. <laughs> on the air and of course I missed you made it, it didn't make it back I did not make it back um, apologies to everyone involved hey Dave how are you doing today hey you did a great job today because I was sitting in the third row right in front of you oh <laughs> thank you Dave so Dave will attest to the fact that I was like I'd be sorry everybody I had to run like behind all the candidates to get back to the podium thank you Dave that's very sweet what did you think of the event yeah and, well, well, I'll tell you, I've been involved in politics a long time, trying to move and shake and be the swing vote for every election. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I will tell you, you know what would have been really neat? If all nine candidates could actually work together as a team to solve Chicago's problems. Oh, that's so like, cute. Like they, they all win. Right? <laughs> that would sweet. be great. That would be that nice. Kind of neat. Yeah, it would. It would be kind of great. Uh, you know, you're talking about the problem with the snow plows. You know, that's such a common problem in Chicago. Everybody getting their car plowed in and their spaces and fighting for spaces and saving spaces. Why not have a, a great way to employ a lot of unemployed people in the winter? Is we could have like a snow plow crew of snow blowers. And everybody just goes around and the city does that in the street. I mean, there's, there's lots of employment opportunities. But what I am going to tell you is that it was great that um, when I first met Jesse Jackson was at the Obama Home States Ball in Hawaii, Illinois. Uh, and it was such a great pleasure to see him. I believe he actually recognized me. Oh, yeah, and, he was very uh, sweet today. Yes. And, 
Yeah, and it was it was such a pleasure, and I was able to get a picture with him. Uh. But the weird thing was, is I did I can't figure out this whole thing with Chewy Garcia because he he, he took a five hundred thousand dollar I I guess we could call it a donation. I mean, it is Chicago. We don't want to call it a bribe or anything. But is he going to give back that five hundred thousand dollars he took from the FTX guy who had a two hundred and fifty million dollar bail? where he had to come up with $25 million cash bail. Thank God the Illinois law didn't apply to him and he would walk out. But, you know, no one, no one seemed to, to, like, discuss that, and it's, it's all being kind of brushed under the table. So I don't know if I want him as mayor, if that's the kind of money that's going to come into the city, just like we had the parking spaces sold and the skyway sold and all these deals. You know what I mean? Well, I will say in my in my limited experience of having run for office, people will make a big deal about the contributions that someone else gets. Like I had so I received five hundred dollars from my friend Steve Cochran, who's a radio host. And the incumbent used that to blow up that I took money from radical right wing ex- extremists, right? And then but that individual took money from ComEd, they took money from Illinois Policy Institute, which really is a right wing think tank. Uh, all these like people will they and incumbents in particular. One of the reasons they get so much money is that people want them to vote their way on particular bills, right? So that's why incumbents. Part of why, right. they, yeah. I, I, but he's not. I mean. I, I, I understand what you're saying. Committee. That's the weird thing. I, right. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And it, it, I, I try not to be cynical and go, well, everyone's doing it. You know, I, I agree. I think that there there needs to be more of an explanation in that regard. But I think that, you know. Yeah, so that was, I was just wondering why. And then um, uh, there was uh, one more subject with the fact that um, uh, I was hoping that Willie Wilson would say that instead of hunting rabbits, he would give these rabbits carrots. <laughs> because I, 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 once I've learned that his son was murdered, I can see what where his angle was coming from, and I didn't know that Paul Vallis lost his son to gun violence too. Uh, I, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I, I, I'm conflicted about that because right, everyone's rage and their grief manifests differently in when they lose someone they love, in particular a child, and. Uh, and I, I, but the idea that you only feel safe walking down the street with somebody who has a gun, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I was it was sort of a strange uh, point to make. I thought on a couple point, yeah. a couple moments. Yeah. And the other, and the one other, and the only other comment I would make is: shouldn't uh, the Chicago bus and train system be free to people who make less than let's say fifty thousand dollars a year? There should be. I mean, it's it's the Chicago trans. It's public transportation. It should be free. Well, in Boston, in Boston, it is. In in Boston, I believe it is uh, free public transportation, and I think that for senior citizens, I don't know if it's discounted or free, but uh, I think there's a a lot of things that can be done. But CTA in general needs to be improved uh, so that we, even if we're paying for it, we feel like we're getting something for free. (laughs) Thank. And then, and then. And then maybe everybody just rides a bike like your guest said. There, there we go. go. I there like we go. That. Nice way to pivot to my guest. Thanks so much, Dave. Have a great evening. I appreciate it. Uh, joining me in the studio is Rob Austin. Have a great night, Dave. Um, yeah, I, you. I, I the fact that you drove here tonight uh, it cracks me up. It's the grand iron. Do you still have the? Uh, is it a Chevy Equinox? What do you yes, got? Yes, yeah, look at me. We're going to squeeze every mile out. I'm of the that same thing. way. Yeah, I drove that Honda Odyssey until everything just fell off. You want to hear something funny? 
just my my oldest kid just went to college, right? And because of the timing of COVID, I think, mm-hmm. and the availability of public transportation here, and the fact that I got him to bike everywhere, mm-hmm. he never learned to drive. Neither is Griffin. Right. We're, our our kids. I think that our kids are of a generation where they're like, I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, no. And I, now this isn't going to serve him well if he lives somewhere else. Right. But he absolutely loves taking public transportation yeah, so here. And knows the city probably better than I do at this point. Yep. At least from that standpoint. Um, But it's just funny. Like, I was like, I was holding on to the car for him, right? Yeah. It's going to be kind of a, not a a joker, (laughs) but it's not going to be great either. And, you know, just never was a problem. Yeah. Never. Yeah. We, we, same thing with, uh, because of COVID, he had the classroom driver's ed, but, and we went and got his, uh, driver's permit. And, uh, Robbie never got that far. I, uh, we went to the, we went to the, uh, the Olive Garden parking lot over by you, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, cause it's a massive parking lot. They, sure, they share it with floor decor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's massive. And, uh, and I was very, because it was so big and we were so far away from cars, I was kind of chill with the, how badly he was driving. Oh. Yeah. yeah it was, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was not, because you had, have to drive confidently and what bothers me is that i tried before like when he started high school like my big you know what my superpower is i love to i love parallel parking like i can't be in a car with somebody who can't because i'm right. like get out of the car get out. I, i'm I, gonna I, do this for you i, gotta I can't watch you. anymore so i would show him i would be like here this is how i line up the car this is when i start turning the wheel this is when i turn, turn it back this you know all yeah. that stuff i still even remember how to park on a hill how to turn your wheels that's right to, on a curb yeah. i taught somebody how to parallel park like just in five minutes. It's not that hard when you know the system. It's not it's, tough. It's not. So let me ask you this. Yes. So have you been a cyclist? Was it something like you went, got everywhere? Because I, I re- like everywhere we would meet for beers or yeah. uh, work on my website, you would ride your bike there. And I, I'd be like, that sounds exhausting. I still do the vast majority of the time. I really do. This is the first day in I don't know how long. Like we skipped winter, right? Until today. Yeah. So, of course, this is the day I'm talking about biking. But I don't know. I guess I started in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, coincidentally, I was just impatient with the, the CTA. You know, it was like a 20 minute bus ride to school. And I was like, well, screw it. I can, if I leave now, I can just get there at my leisure, you know, and not have to worry about it. So started doing it then kind of fell, forgot about it in college a little bit. It wasn't as important. The campus wasn't real big, so I didn't need it. But then when I got back, like I really got into it. And then later when I bought my house, it was on a block off of Elston, which is like one of the best cycling streets in the city because it's one lane for cars and quite a bit of space for bikes. And so I just got back into it. And frankly, I would only do it in the warm winter, you know, like the warmer months, spring, a little bit of fall. And now I do it around the Probably. entire year. Yeah. You know. So, because I, I'm intimidated by traffic. It, okay. they, there is just no regard for cyclists. So, So I know that's what a lot of people think, but... I actually find, because of the way I bike, uh-huh. that more people are intimidated by me than I am of them. So are you one of the cyclists that people get annoyed by then? No. No, okay. No, no, no. Well, how do Quite they get the intimidated opposite. by you? Well, I'm wearing a fluorescent jacket, okay. so I look like parking enforcement all the time. <laughs> in fact, sometimes when I pull up in uh, in Wrigleyville, when I go to my bar to watch uh, uh, one of the Premier League teams... Um, I've had more than one person say, please don't give me a ticket. <laughs> really? That's and brilliant. I, I want to say, that. don't worry, I won't. If you give me 20 bucks, you know, <laughs> whatever, and they'll never see me again. But no, they all, I have had so many people think I was about to give them a ticket. So I dress in really horrible fluorescent clothing. I have a 
a little mirror on my handlebars. I bought one of those because you told me you yeah, showed me what, like, what to buy. Yep. Once you have that and you're a biker, you will never go back. You'll right. wonder how you lived without it, frankly. And what it really means You is, mean I shouldn't be riding like this, constantly looking over my left not. shoulder? That's exactly what you shouldn't be doing. But <laughs> it means my left shoulder, yeah. when no cars are coming behind me, and I can see this because I have a mirror now, right? I'm in the middle of the street. I don't worry about doors. I don't worry as much about pedestrians coming out from between two cars, which is probably worse than cars for me. But I'll say the worst people on the road for me are actually bikes. <laughs> That's totally yeah. You know why? Why? Divvies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the divvies are ruining because it for a lot of people. people are like, oh, there's a bike. I'll just go. And they don't, you know, they don't follow the rules. They ride on the sidewalk. They go in the wrong way. They yeah. don't think stop signs are for them or whatever, right? So I know that next time I get hit by something, it'll be a biker. So do you stop at every stop sign? No. Okay. No, but if it's like a four-way stop and there's cars, I'm a car. I'll just take my turn, and right. that actually throws a lot of people off because they think I'm going to blow through the intersection. Do you do the, uh, no. I never understood this as a I actually have a helmet <laughs> that has a built-in turn signal. Oh! Do you, so I just bought a helmet. I have dreams of riding something, and I did. When Declan was at, at Shirley Ryan over the summer, and I would go to my office, I would ride, or <laughs> the scooter thing is stupid. Oh, my God, this, yes. That has to be worse than the bicyclists. Oh, yeah. No, They're terrible. Yeah. Well, I literally have to look both ways at every intersection mm-hmm. because a damn scooter might be coming the wrong way yeah. and just plow. And they're doing, you know, 20, 30 miles an yeah. hour. So, like, now no intersection is safe. Yeah. So I took Griffin to uh, visit Brown University last year and, uh, and uh, I, he was still, he was sleeping in. I figured, well, we've been like really sure. humping it for three days, so we, we we've been like hitting every town on the East Coast. So I, I was I let him sleep in, and I'm like, mommy's gonna go try one of these scooters. And yeah, I, let's I, see what this is about. Oh my god! I mean, like, first of all, it's a very rattly, and like uh-huh. it hurts you all the way through, right. you know. And uh, so so I, I took a couple laps to practice because Brown is at the top of a hill. So I'm like, all right, let's go, ning, ning, right. Ning, ning, right? And uh, man, when you come down the hill with one of those, that's a lot of momentum mm-hmm. wiped out in front of a uh, you did? oh yeah I, I and I had and I had my camera going on the handlebars because I was like I'm gonna post this and and and, uh, and you just hear <laughs> so you you're the one you're the person <laughs> and, and it was and you could hear me go oh, okay 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 and you know what they were thinking I hope she isn't I hope she isn't yeah <laughs> idiot um, but I also bought a helmet that that's uh, so cool it has one of those like the it looks like a like a fighter pilot helmet yeah you know the guard comes off yep. and uh, and also has a camera in it now. So does mine. It's the oh, same thing. So how's the video on that? I haven't tried that yet. Um, mediocre, but, yeah, but I almost got run over by a car recently, uh-huh. and I hadn't been using the camera. I'm like, why? This time. If I have it, am I not using it? Yeah. So Use the camera. Yeah. Yeah. It just does like little three-minute you know, intervals. Yeah. Okay. And then you just turn it off when you get there. But I almost never look at it. I hope that someday I don't need it. Right. You know? Well, and that's what I think that is intimidating. Like I, I was, oh, I rode around this neighborhood growing up. This was where I, you know, Norwood Park is a pretty yeah. quiet area. Like mostly side streets. Honestly. Exactly. Right. Right. So you know, I remember I did. Have you done the bike to drive? No. I had, it's so I think, crowded. I just, isn't that, it's not that bad. No. No, because there's so much room. And it's beautiful. Mm. It's such a bizarre experience yeah, to be on Lakeshore Drive. You know, for I'm going to date myself here, but when the S-curve was being rerouted, if yes, you remember that. I do. It was actually before was like, the 80s? when the Kennedy was done. Yeah. Right. And that was like a seven-year project. And this was before that. Um, I used to hang out on it because you could actually get to what? it as a person or a bike for a while. And it was like riding on the Lakeshore Drive with no cars, like ever. 
Right? That's incredible. It was so surreal. It yeah. was really cool. I highly recommend the bike to drive because okay. I've done it several times. And it's it's really not never that crowded. Okay. It's fun. People got their speakers on their bikes and yeah, I get it. I get it. That that might be fun. You know, the, my friends from uh, Better Street Chicago. A lot of what they do is uh, you know trying to encourage people to reimagine what our roads can and should be. And your point about being able to be on the S curve right by Oak Street Beach, you know, like should Lakeshore Drive yeah. be more pedestrian rather than like should there be a Lakeshore drive is one of the things that they I don't know. speculate. I mean, we're pretty lucky in the fact that all of that land by the lake is publicly accessible. Yeah. Like that's so rare in the world and yeah. especially United States. Um, I don't, you know, I think we already have a hell of a lakefront. I'm not like, yeah, cars, cars are going to be with us forever. Sure. You know, so fine. They can have that. Yeah. If I get the rest, I'm okay. But I'll, ironically, again, the one place I won't bike is the lakefront. Yeah, I don't blame you. It is like the old wet. I mean, seriously, at least on Lakeshore Drive, you're supposed to have a driver's license. (laughs) You were supposed to have some sort of training. You know what they don't do on a bike on Lakeshore Drive is train everybody how to do it. Yeah. So. And and I can't even imagine when I was a guard at North Avenue in 89 and 90, our biggest like the thing that we did the most was take care of folks who had bike accidents. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Because you got kids wandering around without their parents people just you know rubbernecking at the city dogs you wandering got around somebody on a 10 speed or 12 speed or whatever doing about 40 weaving in and out of people yes. right mm-hmm. you got somebody with a dog and one of those tiny pencil leashes so you can't even see it oh, like no. for me i'm like i'd rather bike on lakeshore drive honestly <laughs> with the cars yeah <laughs> Have you had a chance to bike in other cities? Like Steve and I didn't bike in Copenhagen, but like their bike system is amazing. Not in other bicycle-friendly cities, okay. but other cities, yes. And, and I know that if I don't go to one of those, I'm going to be missing what we have here. It's pretty amazing. Is it really? Cause oh, yeah. Because I, I really think that we... Because I don't think that paint is protection. I think having no. dedicated bike lanes Agreed. would be... Yeah. Agreed. But I would prefer to train the bikers than the drivers. Okay. <laughs> I honestly think if we spend more time, like if you needed a license to ride a bike, then you would see much safer roads. Really? I really believe that. You think more cyclists are, you said you're afraid of other cyclists. I totally am. But I think that's, that cars also dismiss cyclists. Oh, that's for sure. And I've never seen so much distracted driving. Oh my, that's the other ever, thing. That's, ever. that's the other thing is that like, I can't trust that no. people are paying attention I at all. I see a screen. I don't care if it's mounted and it's just your map. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're talking and I don't know why you can walk down the sidewalk and talk to somebody and not like slow down, but in a car for some reason, <laughs> yeah. that is too many things for some people. Yeah, you know? it's a lot going on. Um, and I also smell a lot of pot. <gasps> yeah. So much. So has it changed when it became legalized? Because Yes. Okay. Much so, worse. Much worse. Because every parking lot I go into, like yeah. that, that kind of cracked me up. At Shirley, it's like, right? really, dude? No, you don't think anybody's going to know this? I mean... <laughs> But it, it's still impaired driving. Yeah. You know, like, it's still, it's basically a beer. If you can't yeah. do that in your car, you shouldn't be doing that either, you know? Well, I also I, I also speculate that uh, Chicago is not, was not prepared for legalizing recreational marijuana because they don't know how to manage. We're, we're a drinking town. I'm sorry, we are. I, I keep get, hearing that. I, I <laughs> hey, did you want to go to uh, Imperial or uh, Printer's Rubber? World's your oyster. Uh, but I don't think that, that a lot of people, I knew they were an experiment with edibles. Yeah, but I don't think that they knew like the fact that it's gonna like just because you have a little bit and you didn't feel it yet doesn't mean you should have more. 
No, exactly. <laughs> I'm I'm a little afraid to dip a toe in that world because I do know what a beer does to me. Mm-hmm. And I knew right. I know what it does and when it'll do it. Yes. And I don't think like to me. Um, edibles or, or pot is just like some science experiment where you have to figure it out <laughs> after the first 10 times or something like, Oh, not that one or right. not that much or more or whatever. And I don't, I just, I guess I'm too lazy to figure it out. Well, there's, there's a comedian, there's a, there's a, a comedian sort of uh, philosophy, like this reaction we have when we hear someone do a joke that we we can't believe we didn't write. Uh, I can't. I don't know what comic did it. It's a local comedian said. Uh, you know, the thing is that like if you get if you smoke a joint or you know have a you know a, a bong, you, you're gonna have a bad night. Maybe if you have too much. Exactly. If you have too much of an edible, you're gonna have a bad month. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was like that feel, I felt that too deeply. I felt that too deeply. Okay, yeah. like, you know, it'd be like four days. I'm like, I think this is still that gummy I, I think had. It's still there. I think that's still the gummy. Uh, we'll take a break here in a moment. Uh, Mike M says, "Thanks, Patty, for helping me get tickets to the debate. Really enjoyed it. My thoughts: Brandon Johnson was by far the most impressive, in my opinion. Young, super smart, and charismatic, and progressive. Actually, had a plan to curb crime other than hire more cops. Also, Lori is one tough cookie. She didn't." me, which I didn't expect. Interesting. All right. So that's uh, someone's take on the uh, mayoral forum we had today. We're hanging out in studio with Rob Austin. He's a co-founder of WorksiteLLC.com. That's Worksite, S-I-T-E, L-L-C.com. He is our, our urban cyclist expert. And uh, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more. Or maybe we're going to grab a beer. You don't know. More yeah. in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. The David Pacman Show. In the upcoming debt ceiling negotiations, Trump is saying... Don't negotiate. Allow the government to completely shut down. Allow basic systems to fail, which will wreck the economy. And then that'll help Republicans in 2024. That's what Trump is saying. You have to read between the lines here. And it's pretty easy to figure figure out what he's saying. The David Pacman Show. Weekday evenings at 10 on WCPT 820. Chicago's progressive talk. WCPT 820. Chicago's progressive talk. Where facts matter. Hey, uh, Roosevelt is on hold. Uh, oh, Lady B's going to tell him that I have enough time. She's, you're right. She's like, you can't get on right now. Roosevelt, call me tomorrow. We'll have plenty of time. Rob Austin, uh, we are going to go grab. Uh, we're gonna, I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you in three years. Is that really true? It's since 2020. I'm a bad person. Since, no, why are you a bad person? There's a know. pandemic. Okay, you're a bad person. I, yeah, I'm a bad person. <laughs> Wait a minute. How did that happen? I don't know. Uh, LLC.com. That's Worksite, S-I-T-E-L-L-C.com. They're, they do great jobs uh, at building websites. Uh, and even better if you're good at, at following through. <laughs> it does help. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Don't go to my website necessarily. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Patty, Patty V show page is uh, the site he built. I just need to update it with uh, information. Yeah, yeah, that is like 10 years old. No, it's something. not. It's like five. We, I think we're going to get my website back, by the way. We'll okay. talk about that over. Yes, good, good. I got to run. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone, again, for tuning into the mayoral forum today. Uh, what an incredible experience. And it was an honor to share the stage with Jonas Bezito and Santita Jackson. And I really can't thank Lady B and the crew crew here at WCPT and on site for the incredible work that they did. All the organizers, congratulations. It was a wild success. I got to go. My time's up. My crew's up next with Devil's Advocate. Bye, Lady B.